0: Thank you. I'm Judy, a compulsive overeater. Hi, Judy. And my goodness gracious, here we are, right? Um, So I want to thank Lucy for asking me to come tonight, and um, I want to congratulate you on your newcomership and congratulate you on your 30 days. And I want to appreciate everybody here because you have made my life possible. You know, you showing up tonight has, has made my life possible. And when I think about the life I had today and the life I had before I came in here, it's just night and day, you know. And when I think about I have 36 and a half years. Well, July or December January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. I have 36 years and nine months of continuous abstinence. So that's a lot of having sponsors listen to my steps. That's a lot of you taking my calls. That's a lot of outreach. That's a lot of one days at a time, and I am forever grateful to you. You know, you showing up here tonight is is to me a virtual miracle. And we all, to me, to me, I just feel like I just have today because I know I am at very high risk of going back into my eating disorder, and I'll never, I'll never, ever, ever, I can't imagine. Get far away from the program enough that I would forget that, because I I already once did get far away from the program, and I relapsed, and because I came in in nineteen seventy nine or seventy six, I think I came in, and I was, you know, to go back. I I also just wanted to say that to me before I get started, um, which I've already gotten started, <laughs> but, um, to me. The traditions and the concepts are critical, and the steps, and the traditions, like the the tradition that I've really hung on to for this last year and a half is we are not allied with any sect, denomination, organization, institution, politics. We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or outside institutions, because this is a global program. And so I never know if I decide I want to say some of my opinions that really aren't related to carrying the message because it's about helping the person who is still suffering from an eating problem, a compulsive reader a bulimic, an anorexic, that, I'm, that my value will be completely opposite and it might turn that person away. So for me, that tradition has been critical in this last year and a half for me. It means for me I keep my profession out of uh, when I talk at meetings, Um, and it's tricky because it's been a really complicated time. But I've been thinking about, and then the concepts. I I think the concepts are so beautiful because the concepts say that we have the right of appeal, we have the right of participation. What I love about this program is I have one vote. That's all I get. If everybody wants to close the windows right now and we vote on it and I vote to keep the windows open and you all want them closed, those windows are closing. And that to me is so beautiful because it keeps me right sized. you know I don't have an extra opinion. I don't have a, I am not an authority. I just get one vote.) <laughs> I apply that to my family, my marriage, my grandkids. One vote. You know, before I left tonight, my little grandson, he he designed his own game. I said, Can I tell my friends about your game? He said, No. Nope. (laughs) I said, But I thought this would, like, if I tell them, like, you'll have followers, and this would be like advertising. I said, No. I said, I respect that. He's eleven. He's eleven years old. I have one vote. Anyhow, so to get to the point here, um, you know, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. My program is very, very basic. Like this morning, I get up, I pray, I meditate. I have a little puppy. I left him out of his crate. He jumped up and he bit my finger. <laughs> So I have a little Band-Aid on here. The puppy jumps all the way up. He's he's a chug. I I got him from the shelter, like, a couple months ago. This guy is just amazingly energetic, right? (laughs) But put a little Band-Aid on, take all the dogs out. I pray and meditate. I get on my knees in the morning. I read my For Today literature, my early literature. Then I go about my day and I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. And then I really like think about how my life is unmanageable. And I, you know, come to believe that a power greater than myself throughout the day can restore me to sanity. And that comes in all forms now that I've got this amount of time. Can come in the forms of me wanting to overstep my opinion with my family, you know, because I think my opinion is better. And then I have to get right sized and all my spot you know, my sponsors don't ever tell me oh you are so right, go for it. <laughs> I rarely get there, like co signing, you know, <laughs> pretty much they're like, Yeah, well maybe you surrender that you know, sometimes I mean it is about, you know, speaking up and having my vote, but my little brain I have this I'm a I'm a <laughs> recovering bulimic purge, bulimic non-purge, and anorexic. So I like tried all three parts of the disease. And that's how my brain is too, you know oh, my brain is <laughs> my disease is reflective of my relationship with my body and food is reflective of my relationship with life, my relationships with people, my relationships with creativity, with the world. So if I can work the steps on on that every day then you know then I get to do my four step and I get to look at my part and then I get to do five and share it with somebody and then I get to do six and seven and look at humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings and I can ask God to be willing to have my defects of character removed you know then I can go if I, if I do something wrong I can go make an amends You know, I can pray and meditate, and mostly I can be at service. That's the shorthand of how my program works. Um, Hold on a second. I was born this way. I had a pretty tough childhood. You know, I had a a single, single alcoholic mom that tried her best to do what she could do to raise us kids and uh, you know I learned to work as a little kid and uh, babysit so I could eat all their food (laughs) it was really handy you know we would we would babysit and just just couldn't wait for them to go and uh, so I I I was born this way though because when I was little I would get so you know I have the obsession the compulsion Then I had the spiritual malady. As a little kid, I would be obsessed with food. You know, I I I ran away one time. I'm like, I've had it with you. They wouldn't give me these little. They were chocolate covered creams. Like if I ate my dinner, I was going to get one. I didn't eat it. I wasn't getting one. It was snowing out. I'm in Pennsylvania, and I said, I'm out of here. You don't give that to me. I'm running away. I'm going, going to marry Liberace. Probably don't know him. (laughs) I'm 69 years old. So I might say some things that are dated, but Liberace was a, he was dressed really cool. I just loved Liberace. I so much wanted to run away with him. So I go in the corner and I stand there and I'm just enraged, you know, that that I didn't get that food. Well, isn't that a sign? I mean, that's pretty crazy for a little kid. (laughs) But that's the kind of power that had to me. You know, far too much power than it should have. And... And then, you know, fast forward. So I, I was born with this. It didn't really matter how good or not good my life was for me. I was just born this way, you know. And because I know from early on, I was obsessed. You know, I was in this little school, and they would have a bake sale, and it was the only time I was good at school because I was bored. I wanted to get home. More important things were happening. I'd misbehave. That you know, but, boy, when they were going to have a bake sale... I was the best student, I stopped straight, I listened, I raised my hand, turned in my homework. they would have that bake sale, I'd be like shaking, literally. It, my whole body would be shaking, like, oh my God, please don't take that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't take it. And then they would call me, and I literally, I can remember like my legs shaking. You know, this is kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, here I am, this little kid, you know, and my legs are shaking. Oh, and I got that thing, you know. <laughs> And it, it, that's the obsession and the compulsion, right? The compulsion. So fast forward, you know, I grow up and I go to college and I decide, well, you know, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to move across the country. That's what's going to happen. I just Big geographic, you know. Graduated from college, high honors, you know. Here I am bright, right, but didn't, didn't help me get abstinent. In my eating disorder the whole way, you know. Dating a guy, he's at Penn State. One of my biggest fights with him was he ate all the green icing cookies. We got in this knockdown drag house (laughs) fight. So you hear, right? You hear the compulsion, the obsession, the unmanageability. And I didn't have a clue. And so I come out here, you know. I start a little family. It's all going to be different. You know, I get a little job and I start a family. and have my little family, get a little house, everything's fine, but it's not. Because in California, people were like all thin. One of my friends was a Playboy bunny. We all figured out, okay, here's how you get thin. You throw up. You go on a diet and you throw up. So I started doing that. And, uh, and then what happened to me is one day, I was in a business and this woman said, can you shut the door? And she took me in her office and she said, what are you doing at night? And I thought, oh my God. This woman knows. And I said, I'm, I'm binging and throwing up. And she said, I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere. She took me over to sundowners and meetings, OA meetings, way back when was a gray sheet, all these founders of OA were around, you know, they had a little gray sheet. And I thought, I wasn't ready yet. And, and there's something also what I, I do know is, The fear of death, the fear of dying, the fear of getting sick, the fear of esophageal, cancer, or anything else, was never going to stop me. What was going to stop me was to concede to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater and that my life is unmanageable. But I didn't get that. I didn't get it my first time around. I just kind of thought, okay, let me get this lady off my back. (laughs) I did i go to sundowners. I'll make some connections, movers, shakers. Get to get myself together. Didn't turn out so pretty, you know. I was so willful and I didn't even know it. That's what I think is so fascinating about this disease. If, if I weren't coming to meetings, if I weren't uh, active in the program, I would forget. Now, how do I know that? Because I did. So there I am, you know. A bit Better than everybody. Okay, and then... Mm-hmm. and then that didn't work out, because <laughs> my friend, you know, 36 years ago, Christmas time, 36 and a half years ago, whatever, I was on my way, way back to see my family, and I threw up and my, I, I threw up in the bench. I said, I'm still abstinent, I just threw up just a little bit, and she said, no, you're not, mm-hmm. she said, no, you're not, plus, you know, you're not honest, you threw up, you broke your abstinence. And then I came back to you. You know, I came back to the program, and I swear to God, oh my God, what I know today is I have so much time. Time, time, time. I have time. There's always something better to do than binge. Always something better to do than binge. Always something better to do than throw up. Always something better to do than think about What am I going to eat tonight? What am I going to do tonight? How big is my belly? How big is my everything? Always something better. And my life is directly evidence. There's direct evidence of that. So, I just kept it basic and I still do. This is no big mystery. Everything's written in those books. I don't do anything fancy. I don't have any tricks. I always tell my husband, I like your moves. I have this really great husband. I always tell him, oh, I love your moves. I don't have any moves. No moves. No moves. I don't have any special moves. One day at a time. That's it. What an order. I can't go through with it. You know? Twenty years ago today, a family member had a job. Got her job. It took the family quite a long time to help this person get a job. In New York. 20 years ago today was her first day at the job. And where did I go that night? I came to you. I came to you. I needed you. And you helped me. You helped me not go home at night and binge my brains out and hurt myself. Because if I do that, I hurt me. And if I hurt me, I hurt you and I hurt the world and I hurt the people I love. Because I shut down, I go away. I can tolerate the intolerable. I don't accept the intolerable. I'm willing to pay the price. That's the miracle of this program. A year later, another family member is deployed and I was there, sending packages, because I'm 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 awake, and I'm here, and I'm present, and that's a miracle. You know, that's a gift, and and the reason it's a gift is because of you, because of you sitting here tonight, and I mean that from the deepest core part of my heart. You know, I. There's always a solution. Somebody has it. Somebody has it. I've had so many things happen to me. Great things. I've had things happen to me that were beyond my wildest dreams. I have this husband that I adore. He had a stroke last year in the middle of COVID. This guy looks, he is, he eats, he eats like lentils, I mean, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) The guy is like health conscious and, you know, and, I mean, he does, like, he's not one of us. He just does everything right. Just, he's not one of us. And there I am, you know, sitting there early in the morning, one morning, and he has a stroke, and he's down. And a uh, little cerebellum shot, you know, within four minutes, the, the ambulance was there. I followed him. You're not supposed to follow the ambulance. Don't do that. I did it. Don't do it. I was back far enough that I didn't bother anybody. But what I know also is I was I was not deep need in the food. I was not deep need preoccupied. That morning, the little miracles that happened. This is kind of personal, but I'll share it anyhow. Although it'll be around the world. But I was supposed to have a colonoscopy, and I said to the guy, I "said You know, if something's not feeling right. I think I I want to stay home this next month." <laughs> And thank God that morning I was there because this kind of stroke kills most people because you lose all coordination. I was like a bookshelf fell. Bam, guys down, right? Angels, angels, all the angels in the emergency room, all the angels that kept eyes over him. Nobody could come around because you you can't have company. you can't. I couldn't have my adult children come. I couldn't have my grandkids come. It was like me and the medical staff and going there and visiting him, and he couldn't uh, speak, he couldn't see, he couldn't swallow. All the people in the program praying, all the food stuck on my porch at night. Being awake at night, knowing that there was a higher power that was guiding us that somehow that I could get through that night, that I could do it with integrity. That These are, to me, the gifts. He, he, he's riding his bike to work now. I don't know how he does it. I could never get up. He gets up at like 6 in the morning. He's better. You know, the best care. Somebody getting angry in the hospital saying, You can't come in and leave, he said to me one day. And I said, thank you for protecting everybody in this hospital. I wasn't planning on leaving, but thank you. And I've learned that from you. You know, this all applies to real life. It all applies to everyday life, every single day. I had a really hard time, let me see, about four years ago. We had something happen in our family. That I, it was unexpected. And I found myself awake every night, and I was a night eater. I don't know if any of you were night eaters, but nighttime was my favorite. You know? I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, bust that refrigerator open. Bust it. You know, all the crunchy stuff. I was like my favorite. Just loved it, you know? Even when my kids were little, it was like, good. They're on a bed. It's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Big party by myself. So I i was having such a hard time. And, and to me, what I've learned is: so if I don't get up at three in the morning, and I don't do that, something else is going to happen. And I—I I thought, you know, in the program, you're told like, if you—you you know, if you don't want to go to a meeting, go. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to answer the call. I still answer calls, people call me, somebody came. I started a meeting. I have started a few meetings, and I start meetings because if I want a different kind of meeting, or I, I'm not comfortable with how my meeting's going, I just start another meeting. They're so easy to start. You know, I've made meetings around the world. We're traveling around in China in a boat, and I'm like, 12-step meeting, you know, friend of Bill W's, come here, you know. <laughs> I've done it so many places in the world. You know, because you put those signs up. Once I was on an airplane, when you could actually be with people and they sent me in the front cabin with a rock band. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Now, if you said, you know, is anybody a friend of Bill?" that is, you'd probably like, ah. But not. You know, I did, long ago. So my point is, there's always another, if I wait for the transformation and I look at six and seven, you know, the steps. What are my defects? I'm ex- I'm not right size. I'm expecting life to be different. I'm expecting, like, maybe someone to be kind and nice when they're actually not. Maybe they're not. So I'm awake at 3 in the morning, and this has gone on and on. And I thought, what could you do that could actually make your life better, the world better, and something that is something you would absolutely... Never, ever think of. Because I was so worried. I did two things. I started saying my worry is my prayer. And I I pray at night and then I listen to God. And my dead sponsors. I have a few dead sponsors, you know. Because I'm 69, so people, you know. I love my sponsors, so bless them. But I'll, I'll talk to them sometimes. Or I'll just talk to, you know, my dead mom or God or the universe, or whatever's out there that wants to listen. And then I go, okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Because I've learned here to stay teachable. Because I don't want to get, like, too crazy on myself. Think I'm all that or something. And I thought, why don't you go to school? So I sign up at college. I have Korean grandchildren. And I took Korean language. Now, and they called me a non-traditional learner, and I said, no, I'm pretty traditional, but that means you're old. <laughs> I didn't know that. Pe- people were so generous. These students that would help me. I was—I worked so hard. I got up at 5 in the morning. I studied so hard. I'm, I get, like, stage fright. Like, my heart was beating really hard when I came here tonight. I get stage fright, right? So they, the teacher would go... Judy, can you read off the board? And I'd be like, I watch everybody stare at me, right? And I was so bad, just so bad. But I did it. I showed up, right? And I was like, I barely passed the course, you know. And she was very sweet. She came up to the hallway and she goes, "You know, is it important you pass?" <laughs> and she was holding my final written exam because it's writing, reading, and speaking, right? She's holding it, and she says, Is it important that that you uh, pass this course? (laughs) You know, she's being very sweet and kind, right? I I always find there's so many angels in the world. I always encounter angels. And I said, well, yeah, because I might go back for my Ph.D. someday and want to transfer this. She said, okay, well, I'm not... (laughs) I was trying to explain to her, you know, and I, I passed that course by, like, Probably like a point, and the angels, all the angels. So at night, when I would wake up, I would practice, and to me, that's a miracle. And then I can talk to my little grandchildren. You know, I've been to Korea. We were in Korea. I had, I had a sponsor when I went to Korea. This was a long time ago, for this wedding, and uh, I called my sponsor because it's like tomorrow in Korea, right? It, um, and I called my sponsor because I, I couldn't figure it out. It's like, it's tomorrow. Do I eat, like, six meals? <laughs> 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 Sounds like a good idea, right? And I have an agreement with my sponsors that before I eat, I call them and I talk to them in person. <laughs> and uh, she didn't call me back, and I'm in Korea, and so I did my best I to what I committed to, but... I got a new sponsor because, no, no offense to who this person was, but I need somebody that's there. I need somebody that's there. Because my eating disorder will tell me, you're fine, you can have this, it's going to be okay, and it's the first bite that gets me started, right? It's the first bite that starts the obsession and compulsion of my red light foods that if I pick up that food, I'm going to be obsessed. And there's certain shapes that I really can't have, and certain uh, substances I can't have because if I have them, like I was at my meeting this morning at eleven o'clock, and somebody said they talked about this gross part hmm, of the film. They said, "Oh my God, this was so gross," and, and this person had, and then she listed all these things they put together, and I said, oh, "That sounds so good." <laughs> You know, a little junkyard dog, you know. So I feel so blessed. You know, that's what I did. Instead of like, there's always something better to do. Once I was having a hard time at night and I took a bunch of blankets and I gave them out. You know, there's always something better to do than destroy myself through something that, what did it get me? Like, what did it get me? It just got me sick. You know, I was just sick. And it doesn't have to be that way. But there's certain things I do need to do on a daily basis. I can't think in advance, you know. I mean, my first wedding was a a nightmare because of my eating disorder. Because all I was thinking about was the food. I swear to God. That's what it was about. And, you know, we saw my ex-husband. We have this big blended family. We all get together. You know, I was with him long ago. We all got together a couple weeks ago and had dinner. It's just so funny looking back at who I was and who I thought I was. It was like this image, you know. Um, I feel like for today, I am not in the bondage of self for today. I feel like I have a higher power to protect me. I feel like on a daily basis, like, I want to live until I'm hundred. I don't care if like I'm hard to be around. <laughs> Watch out. I can just picture myself, you know. We live in this house and I have this picture of me going in my little roller or whatever it is, you know, to the drugstore. <laughs> At a hundred. We'll see what happens, but God forbid something happened today. It's okay. I have had the greatest life, but I've had the greatest life because of you, because of you, for, for real. And I don't say that out of anything but the reality that no matter what has happened, good, bad, ugly. I was in Austria. I was so scared. I was so nervous. I had to do something, and I didn't sleep for like four nights. I went to a meeting. I slept like a baby. Well isn't that a miracle? I mean, my God. Um, I just want to thank you, and if you're new, what I really love about this program and what I apply to myself every day is the only requirement is the desire. That's powerful. Do I have ten minutes or can I end? I can end? You can end and take questions. I think, I, I think that's about it, because uh, I think that's just about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's open for questions, correct? Yes. Does anybody have any questions? Or back there. Thank you so much. Um, curious if you have a relationship with So the question is, did I have a relationship with God, and how have I developed my relationship with my higher power? Is that correct? Thank you for asking that. When I came into the program, I had this concept that I was going to be good, and then really good things were going to happen. And so that was my plan. And then... Like, my dad got cancer, and he died. And my best friend uh, that was in the program got cancer, and she died. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was so mad. I got mad. I would come to meetings and talk about how mad I was. And what did you do? You welcomed me back. You never threw me away. You're just like, come on back. You know, keep coming back. Mad, 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 mad. And then I realized, I thought, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Because everybody in the program told me, wait a minute. It's about the faith that you can get through it, Judy. If you have the faith, do you have the faith that you can get through this? Do you have the faith that no matter what, you can get through this day, No matter what. And then I kind of became free because I said, yeah, 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 I do have the faith. Like, I called somebody, I said oh, there's a piece of literature and it has this big thing about mountains and all that, you know. I'm like, mountains aren't moving on my neighborhood. And uh, they're like, that's not the point. The point is, your perception changes. So, I have a higher power that I adore. You know, I have a higher power that I adore because I pray to my higher power. Now, what it is, I'm not certain. That part I don't know. But what I do know (laughs) is... I have faith, yeah, I guess I've gotten better with uncertainty. Um, I haven't had a choice. The first three steps to me are like I have no choice anyhow, so why not? Um, but you know I, I pray, I have the faith, I say prayers, I say prayers, and then I see what happens and then I have faith. and sometimes I have faith that God does things every time better. Sometimes all these great things happen, not all the time. Sometimes there's abject pain, trauma, devastation, hurt. But am I alive here today? Yeah. Am I absent today? Yeah. Do I contribute to my family? Yeah. Can I show up? Yeah. Can I pray for the strength? Yeah. Sometimes I have to pray for the strength. And do I get that? Yeah. Do I get all the miracles? No. Have I gotten some? Yeah, I'm here today. And that's, that's I guess that's about the, as good as I can. Yeah, I get up in the morning and there are these birds. They always go after these parrots, you know. And I got up and I'm like, what am I going to do? These birds attack these wild parrots in my neighborhood. I'm so mad. Something has to be done. And I thought, you've been getting up for 30 years thinking that. <laughs> these parrots have not gone anywhere. Who do you think you are? Thanks for the question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. Can you share what your abstinence is and your food plan and how your food plan might have changed through the years? So what's my abstinence and what's my food plan and how has that changed through the years? When I came in, my abstinence was not throwing up one day at a time so that was my abstinence when I first came in and then it was then then after I was here for a while I thought oh my god there's certain things I'm putting in my body that like there's this connection like if I put certain things in my body like I was supposed to meet my friend and I was going to have this certain thing and I met her at the wrong place because the thing was more important to me than her. And there was like a spiritual moment like, oh my God, you're here for the thing, not for your friend. You went to the wrong place. So I gave up that thing. And then I started to have a list I got more clear about what I can have that sets up the obs- what I can't have because it sets up the obsession. So you know, I made a list. I still have that list. I've had that list I still have it. I carry it with me because I can get confused. It's, I've had a list for like 28 years. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I will get confused. I'm like, oh, I can have this. I really do because you know eating disorder. I have three meals a day, nothing in between. If I'm going to change my absence, I call my sponsor and I talk to her about it. Um, I don't have sugar or flour just for me because I get triggered. Um... I always leave a bite on my plate for God to remember there's, a, there's, a, there's an abundance. I have this list of portions I can have, and they're healthy portions, and they're things that I actually really love. I think my food is very nurturing. And so I can have like a combination. It's kind of like going to a restaurant. You know, you can have dinner for breakfast if you want. Here's your combination. But if I decide I'm going to change that stuff around, I have to call my sponsor. Like, for example, I was in Italy. And I decided, I can have sugar. But I just had to call my sponsor, so she wasn't available, so I called my best friend. I said, don't you think I can have sugar? She said the magic words, why don't you wait till you get home? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's my abstinence. And for 28 years, it's been good, but it's loving. It's like, it's good. It's loving. It keeps me strong. I can go exercise. That's my abstinence. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Judy. You mentioned that sometimes you want to share an opinion with your family that maybe they are not interested in. Um, how, When you have an opinion you want to share, how do you keep from speaking and how do you keep from overeating? Mm. That's a great question. So the question is, when I have an opinion or I want to give somebody in my family an opinion and that I most likely shouldn't give them or something, was that it, how do I not compulsively overeat? That's a good one, because a, a lot of my eating was about shutting up. And I accepted things when I was out there that I will not accept today. And so, if I, certainly I've said things that I, I, I go back and I think, oh my God, can this, could this be a redo? Um I, I feel like this is where the concepts and the traditions come in, because if I feel like there's a really a problem, I'm not one that's going to let it go, but it's the delivery that's important and the timing. And so there have been times where I say my one vote, and then I am done. And I'll think back, you know, oh, well, maybe if you say it this way, then you're going to change that person, and that's where it gets not a good idea. I have these things I call my good-bad ideas. Not a good idea. I already gave my vote. And so what I think I've learned in the program, because if I if I really like want to compulsively overeat, a lot of times there's something that needs to get cleaned up. So what I've learned is to clean it up, and I don't have to go back and you know, binge on. Oh, let me give my opinion again in this way to manipulate you so you listen to me because you're doing it a way in which might hurt you or hurt the world or hurt somebody else. You gave your vote, Judy. You gave your vote. And so I do have a voice. I have a voice. A voice that, to me, keeps my side of the street clean. I get to say what my experience others that are my perspective, and then the letting go. My daughter-in-law said to me the other day, she goes, she says, "You're so good at letting go." <laughs> I said, "It's a work in progress, you know." So I hope that answers your question. Okay. Um. Thank you. I think that's it.